Hello and welcome to the Peregrinations podcast. This is a podcast that publishes new travel writing in audio format. If you have written a travel story about a trip and wish it to be considered for the podcast, please get in touch on our website, theperegrinationspodcast.wordpress.com. Today we are listening to the next episode of Call That a Mosquito Bite. This is a Mosquito Bite, a travel story set in France. Americans have their great dream. Anyone can grow up and become president. The British have something similar, but the British dream is to earn enough money to move to France. I'd up sticks right now if I had the dosh, buy a flat in the 4th arrondissement, and furnish the kitchen with bright fun designs from Pilon. We walked together towards the tube, or the metro, and the most marvellous occurrence occurred. I was mistaken for a Frenchman. Excusez-moi, monsieur, said a twenty-something with a striped t-shirt. I wish he hadn't been wearing a striped t-shirt. It makes the whole episode sound made up and clichéd, but he was. Où est le metro? I glanced around for the object of his inquiry. There was no one else. It was me. Me. A Frenchman. Had just asked me for directions. Pardon, je ne parle pas français, I muttered quickly. Annoyed even as I said it, because I did parle enough to understand his simple request. D'accord, he turned to his mate and they looked for someone else to ask. I have just been mistaken for a Frenchman, I said to Jess as we made our way to the platform. A Frenchman? I must look particularly elegant and Parisian today. Jess grunted something that I didn't catch. Her tone suggested it wasn't complimentary. To fill the time before the train arrived, I even made up a song about it. Mistaken for a Frenchman, mistaken for a Frenchman. Jess didn't join in. Sing along, I exhorted her. But she shook her head and instead asked, Do you think I would be mistaken for your daughter? This seemed to be a deliberate attempt to take the shine off the most exciting thing that has happened to me for years. My daughter? Are you mad? It's more likely I'd be mistaken for your son. She raised her eyes in disbelief. I pointedly stared across the tracks at an advert so obscure that it could have been for anything from shampoo to pensions. We stood in silence waiting for the train. I could have composed the second verse to my song, but frankly the moment had been ruined. I insisted on visiting the Pompidou Centre, even though they were between exhibitions and there was only a temporary show of cartoons in the lobby. I was drawn by their sizeable bookshop. I love a good bookshop, and the Pompidou has one of the best art ones around. Tables spread with goodies, like a huge buffet of every subject you could want. Except you can't just help yourself. If I had the money, I would ask them to send one of everything to my address in England. They had everything. Even a book by someone I was at art school with. That really makes you grit your teeth as you say, how wonderful. There's a problem with the big modern art museums. They were set up when certain artists were big. They have them in their collections. Ergo, they are important artists, and remain so. You may think that you never want to see another Jackson Pollock, but as long as the museums have lots of Jackson Pollocks, you're going to have to. The same tired old art recycled for different shows, again and again, not shown necessarily because it's good, but because the curator has easy, free access to it. It's such a pity I don't rule the world. There'd be such changes, starting with no more Jackson Pollock shows. 
certainly not ones that they charge to get into. I still haven't had a panorazo, the most delicious of eatables. In the olden days, when I cared little about the nutritional content of what I ate, if I'd been in France a day, I would already have had at least three. I'm slipping. It's such a shame that the French, when developing their delicious pastries, paid not a jot of interest to how healthy they were. It was all taste, texture, appearance, and they get full marks for those. But health, monsieur, what were you thinking? Doesn't make sense. Rather like the idea that the Place de Vosges, if that's how you pronounce it, is the most beautiful square in Europe, and by implication one of the best in the world. It has history and famous residents, but beauty? No, no, it is not the most pretty square in Europe. If you sell a trip there on the basis of its beauty, don't overcook it. Historically it is interesting. The first residential square in Europe built by one architect, with one overriding theme. Yes, it's old, built between 1605 and 1612, but it's not really pretty. It's reminiscent of Soho Square, with scuffed grass overrun by lunching office workers and tourists. Too many people. Even so, we lay in the sun on the thinning grass with our picnic and a bottle of Didier Côte de Bone, 2005, which made up in huge smoky taste what it lacked in bouquet. I ate an immense apple and looked at the sky. It's about time I said c'est la vie, I noted. This Roquefort is delicious, Jess countered. I browsed Pariscope. The Paris Watson Guide, amazed at the films being shown, was even an Antonioni retrospective showing Leclise, which I'd wanted to see for ages, but it would be in Italian with French subtitles, not something that I thought Jess would be keen on. She wouldn't be keen in English. Abu de Souf was on as well. Paris really is the cineast's dream city. Persuading Jess would take all of my diplomacy skills. I leant on an elbow and tried to sound nonchalant. It's not a sound that comes naturally to me. Do you fancy seeing a French film? I asked. In French? She replied. Yes, I nodded. No, she said. I sipped my wine and pondered my next move. Then several workmen started doing something very noisy with drills, and it was time to move on.